those three primary headings, categories. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. So as we get in there and, and look and see what some of these things are, we will go through Galatians chapter 5, and then we'll finish up, hopefully, with uh, walking or running after the Holy Ghost or after the Spirit. So let's go back to Galatians chapter 5. back one more page. <clears throat> In verse 1, verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, in the freedom wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He said, Don't go back into bondage. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, he said in chapter 3 or 4. But he says, stand fast in the liberty, stand fast in the freedom that we sang about tonight. And don't be entangled again or don't go back and get everything messed up in the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. You are fallen for grace, from grace. For we, through the Spirit, and if you notice that Spirit is capitalized, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Simple faith is built on love. How do you get faith? You know the scripture. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he says, if you want faith, hear the word. Hear what the word says. Now, of course, at the time of Paul's writing, they didn't have the New Testament to, to go by. But uh, he goes back. They were talking about Moses and the law, and Moses said we've got to do this, and the law says we've got to do this. He said, hold it, time out. I'm going to go back another 400-plus years to Abraham. Did he have the law? Nope. What was... He, what was accounted to him for righteousness? His faith, his belief. You believe to salvation. You confess your sins and believe unto salvation, according to Romans. So he says, Faith worketh by love. Faith is built on love. Grace is not a license to sin. He talks about that a lot in Romans. But grace is a license to serve. So we serve Him. We have faith in Christ. Our hope is built on Jesus Christ. He is our lively hope, the Word says. So He says, 
You did what run well. You were on the right path, Galatians. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Who got you to go back into the bondage and get entangled and get your thinking all messed up? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Verse 10 says, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. There's been times in my life, and I'm sure there's been times in your life, where you were rocking and rolling right along, and, and Christ was going great with you and everything, and then all of a sudden somebody says, mm-mm, and point their finger and say, you're not doing the right thing. I told a young man one time, I said, I said, I've been, I said, I perceive that such and such. He said, he said, you don't have any right to perceive anything on me, but I believe I was pretty close. But, but anyway, uh, sometimes we are fruit inspectors. Skip on down to, well, verse 10. I've confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none, none otherwise minded, but that he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would that they were even cut off, which trouble you. I wish that all the naysayers would, would go away. If you want to know, it takes about 15 or 16 positive statements to, come over, to overcome one negative statement. The word says in Romans, be not overcome with negativity, but overcome evil with good. So you have to keep, not name it, claim it, but you have to speak the word of God. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. You're my strength. You're my redeemer. So... Quote the scripture. Let them have it. Verse 13 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto freedom or liberty. Only use not liberty as an occasion for the flesh, but by love serve one another. So we said that simple faith is built on love. Freedom is built on love. By love serve one another. Grace is a license to serve, not to sin. He goes on and says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus said the law hangs on two things. Love the Lord your God and everything and all, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbors yourself. So here Paul pretty much repeats that and says, the law hangs on loving your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. I would suggest that you go read 
Romans chapter 7 and Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 1 says, There is therefore now no guilt, no condemnation to them that walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. But in chapter 7, Paul says, Hey, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, those are the things I do because it's a constant battle between the Spirit and my flesh. My soul is right here stuck in the middle. The flesh is pulling on one side and the Spirit's pulling on the other side. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. So he says, be led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 18 says, but if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. This is where it gets a little dicey, so bear with me. The next three verses, it takes him three verses to tell the evils and the bad things that are thereabouts, and just two verses tell about the fruit of the Spirit. And we'll get to it, but he says, against such there is no law. There's no law against being kind, being gentle, being good, being loving, being long-suffering, being patient, being temperate, being under self-control. And we live in a world that is more like the works of the flesh. So you got to think, here's the flesh. You've got the lust of the eye, which is my appetite for food and for drink. Jesus says, the Word says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word... The Spirit says, come and read my word. And the flesh says, let's go to Pizza Hut. The Hawaiian luau special. Let's go to McDonald's. Who, who wouldn't want a Big Mac with a large fry and a chocolate shake or 55-gallon drum Diet Coke to offset the calories? But, you know, the flesh is, is pulling at me. I know I need to be reading God's Word more. But my flesh says, hey, that great lie is calling for you. That lie is what they call Coca-Cola. Or Pepsi, whatever your preference is. But you turn it up and, oh, it just tells you that this is a great drink. But after it goes down, guess what? You're still thirsty. you got to have some water or some things that your body needs. That gets us to another you know, Philippians says, My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. So, I want ice cream and I want cake. But the Spirit says, you need green beans. You need meat. You need vegetables. And I said, well, I want the dessert. Let me have my dessert first in case I don't have enough room. Well, Psalms 34, I think, says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. So when you delight yourself in the Lord, guess what? You'll get that ice cream and cake, but your needs 
your wants will become what the Spirit wants and what God wants for you. So you'll eat your broccoli or Brussels sprouts or carrots or whatever goes with it. You'll have the desires of your heart because you're delighting yourself in Him, but He's going to supply your needs. And what kid at a birthday party wants to eat chicken nuggets and mac and cheese or whatever we, we give them at VBS, they're looking for the cake and ice cream and open the presents. But we, as good parents, say, nope, you got to have your, you got to eat three nuggets or four nuggets first, then you get that. How much more loving is our Father that tells? My prayer is that my spiritual eyes will be opened so I can see some of the gastronomical inadequacies, those that are bulimic, those that are anorexic, those that are gluttonous with the Word of God. I'm afraid our bellies would not look pleasing as they do right now. If we would be eating the Word and eating the Word. But that lust of the eye is the food and the drink. The lust of the flesh is our sexual desires. And the pride of life is the power, fortune, and fame that we get with pats on the back and, oh, what a good boy Steve is. He stuck in his thumb and drew out a plum and what a good boy am I. Everything is just rolling so, so good. But the Spirit is saying, read the Word. Check your prayer life. You need to be praying. We talked, Derek asked a great question last week about praying. And I'm going to tell you, when I first empty myself out and say, Lord, I want to thank you for this and pray for this and heal my neighbor and touch the, uh, my friends in the hospital and Lord, heal this and get my lost loved one. Send out the Holy Ghost posse, dear Lord, and go down to Straight Street and get them in here. Put the people in their path. Put them in the people's path. When I get finished, that's not when you quit praying. That's when you start praying. So let the Word speak to you. And then you be submissive. Say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, you speak to me. Let me shut up. Psalms 46 and 10 says, Be still and know that I'm Lord. Know that I'm God. Two verses later, 47.1 says, Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice. So, Lord, am I supposed to be quiet? Or am I supposed to clap and shout? Both. Both. So, We're in this conundrum, this dilemma. A dilemma is choices, and we don't always make the right choice. But that's the way we were created back in Genesis chapter 1. Let us make man in our own image. All right, let's get to the bad stuff, because it gets pretty rough. The works of the flesh... Chapter 5, verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. That means they emerge, they come forward. And whatever's inside 
will come out. It may not come out right now, mm, mm, but it's going to come out. Uh, I was 43 years with Blount County Schools, and, and we had a program called DARE, a drug resistance program. And it was for grades kindergarten through fifth grade. And as was part of my ministry, I ended up being the principal of the alternative school and in charge of any child who got in trouble. So I'd, I'd say, hey, why did you bring marijuana? Well, I resisted in the fifth grade, and I resisted in the sixth grade, in the seventh grade, in the eighth grade, in the ninth grade. But the tenth grade, I brought marijuana to school. So Joseph, Potiphar's wife, came to him day by day. Lie with me. Day by day. Let me tell you, the enemy is not going to stop. And you might resist temptation. You might resist that work of the flesh, but it will manifest unless you have spent your time. See, our vessels are buckets. And when I eat that Big Mac and fill myself up or I have a big turkey dinner for Thanksgiving, I think I won't ever have to eat again four hours later. I'm back for leftovers because there's a little hole in the bottom of that bucket that empties out. Same thing for fame and fortune. Same thing for sex. Same thing for all these different desires that we have. And as we fill ourselves up, it drains out the bottom. Sometimes it may be delayed that I don't have to eat I ate last night at 9 o'clock, so I don't have to eat till in the morning at 10 or 11 o'clock. Some nights I go to bed and I'm thinking, boys, if I can make it at 6 o'clock, I'm going to have me a bowl of cereal and some coffee, or I'm going to have this, go to a Chick-fil-A and get a breakfast sandwich. He says, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. He didn't, he didn't say that's it. He said, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, they, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, what are these things? One through four are the four sins of lust. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Sexual sins. Adultery is unlawful sexual intercourse or relations between man and woman of which at least one of them are married. And fornication is the same thing with people not married to each other, both unmarried. Uncleanness is the opposite of purity, including sodomy, homosexual, lesbianism, bestiality, all types of sexual perversion, rape of a child, And lasciviousness is promiscuous and un, 
principled in sexual matters, lustful, unchaste, lewdness. Boys, works of the flesh. That's what's combating for your body and for your life. And boy, I mean, you go out and turn right or turn left out of the church parking lot and you're going to see a billboard. You're going to see a a nice, shiny-looking car. You're going to see something that's going to say, man, if I just had some Pepsodent, my smile would just make the girls flock. Or if I just had this car or this ride, I could have this. And your mind starts twirling and running. The next ones are idolatry and witchcraft. Sins of impiety, not pious, and superstition. 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 22 says, Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Idolatry is image worship, putting something before God. Colossians, I think it's chapter 1 verse 17 says, says it like this. Put God in preeminence. What's that mean? First. God is first. He's first place. Idol, worship, idolatry, iniquity could be anything that I put ahead of God. Oh, but Lord, the Hallmark Christmas movies are on the rest of this week and I just I just love the sap and the, all the stuff that goes with it and it's a feel good and I really enjoy them. Am I putting it before God? I can. So, witchcraft is sorcery or dealing with evil spirits, Ouija boards, magical casting spells, even through drugs and potions. Samuel, when Israel asked him for a king and he got Saul, asked for they, he, said, he said, you're going to regret this decision that you want a king. And they said, oh, Samuel, please forgive us. Please forgive us. What did he say? He said, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Just because you ask for a king does not mean I'm not going to quit praying for you. So if you've got lost loved ones who have said, nope, I'm not going to give my heart to Jesus. Keep praying. Keep going. We'll get to don't be weary and well-doing later on. But the net, those two are superstitions. The next eight or nine, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders. Those are sins of temper. Mm. My temper is something sometimes I choose not to control. Anybody had folks stick their head out the window of their car and say, what the are you doing? Or what are you thinking? Or what's your problem? I'm guilty. I've had them stick their head out the window and give me 
some sign language too. But, but all these are manifested by your temper. Anger, hatred is a bitter dislike or malice, ill will against anyone. Grudge holding. Oh, Lord, don't let me hold a grudge. Variance is dissensions, discord, quarreling, debating, disputes, emulations, or envies and jealousies, stirring the pot, striving to excel at the expense of another, the, the ladder of success. You need to stomp on somebody so you can get that next promotion. Say, Lord, I was in line. I, 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 I should have got that. Why didn't you let me have it? Uncurbed rivalry spirit in any endeavor. I'm competitive. I don't let anybody beat me. Now, George, if you beat me, great. But I'm not going to let you win. My nephew, you know, they're, they're now, my youngest is now 21, but when they were five and six years old, we was playing Monopoly or shoots and ladders or whatever. I'm not going to let them win. If they beat me, okay. My wife say, I'll let them win one. I said, no. But anyway, did that get into the emulations because I have such a competitive spirit? Can't let that anger rise up. And boys, if, if you've ever been on the wrong end of a score, I coached basketball, a bunch of middle schoolers down in Cleveland one year, and I got beat 120 to 8. We didn't get the ball across the half court until after halftime. They full court pressed us all the whole game, 120 to 8. Anybody got beat worse than that? I mean, it's, it's humbling. But I've also been on that situation where uh, I could have buried them I had one team, one football team that we beat a team 62 to nothing and the opposing coach thanked me for not running the score up. Because I was thinking of things, Lord, can I call a play that we'll just get 10 yards or just get a first down and not get a touchdown? Because, I mean, we were just, well, anyway. But that competitive nature sometimes works against me. The flesh gets manifest and comes out and says, well, they did me this way last year, and if I ever get a chance, I'm going to beat them. So it's, been, it's gone both ways. Wrath, which is fierceness, turbulent passions and rage. Strife. Janglings was one of the definitions. I said, what's a jangling? They said, well, that's when metal hits against metal. You heard that little, sort of like the fingernails on the chalkboard. We don't know what a chalkboard is now. But dis disputes, angry contentions, contest for superiority or an advantage, paybacks for wrongs that were done to you, boys. Lord Jesus, help me and let me forgive 
those who despitefully used me. Seditions, which is stirring up strife, stirring the pot. Heresies, deviation from the truth. As a school principal, uh, I'd have a lawyer come in with uh, their client and I'd suspended their child and say, you can't use that's hearsay. I said, in schools, you can use hearsay because that's what you have to go on. This is not a court of law. You don't have to have evidence that you have to present. You can go on what someone, you know, someone had told me in confidence, hey, I saw Jim smoking over our behind the portable building. Well, who told on me? Well, heresies or is any deviation from the truth. And you see that throughout the Bible where they had people to say false things about Jesus, false things about different characters with character in the Scripture. Joseph, Potiphar's wife, said he has done the wrong thing when he was doing the right thing and getting out of there. Envyings, pain or ill will or jealousy of the good fortune of somebody else who succeeded. You know, when the most people, if you're not for the team, root for the underdog. I just want to see that Tennessee baseball team go down. I want to see that Alabama football team go down. I want to see that Notre Dame anything go down. You know, I'm for the underdog. I'm for whoever Tennessee's playing and whoever's playing Alabama. Or I'm for whoever's... So, you know, you get the wrong heart. Envy. Murders is pretty self-explanatory. To kill or take away the happiness of another. The last two are sins of appetites. Drunkenness and revelings. Drunkenness is a slave to drinks or living intoxicated. And revelings is lascivious and boisterous feastings with sinful activities that go along with it. You know, I'm going to this party. I'm going to party hard. Have some obscene music and all this kind of stuff. So here we've got Galatians. Paul, it took him three verses to give all these Works of the flesh. Boys, he said, that's the bad news. And they're going to manifest. They're going to come forward. That's the flesh coming after you. But now, here we go to verse 22. And it gets better. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. I remember one time in Paul was writing to the Corinthian church and said, these are not going to enter the kingdom of God. And such were some of me. He says, and such were some of you, but now you're washed. Now you're saved. Now you've got the blood covering you. So we spent a lot of time on the Works of the flesh. Now let's spend some time on the fruit of the Spirit. And if you'll notice, 
uh, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Some think that there are nine fruits of the Spirit, and maybe there are. There's nine words listed. But others, some scholars believe that love is the fruit, and these other eight are the ripple effect of love. And if you, as Romans says, if you put on Christ and put on bowels of mercy and put on and put on and put on, and what to put off, malice, and some of these other things that we've already talked about. But he says, put on. The fruit of the Spirit is love. What did he say just a chapter before? Or earlier in the chapter? On the law, love hangs all the law. Love. Love is a distinctive mark of the Christian, the believer, the follower of Christ, which is an act of the will of God accomplishes through us. In your own power, you can't love Steve Mosier because I'm repulsive. But with Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord, you can love Steve. Love is a self-giving attitude that enables us to mature in other areas. Some of those other areas are joy. Nehemiah says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is happiness based on our relationship with Christ rather than our environment. We used to play Ain't It Awful. You ever played Ain't It Awful? Ain't It Awful, my cat just died and my baby's got a rash. Well, yeah, uh, guess what? I lost $100 on a bet. What are you doing? Well, but, you know, we play Ain't It Awful. I can come up with a, I had some worms for supper. But he says, joy. Joy is your position, is your altitude, your attitude, your, your behaviors that you show. Somebody says, I'm happy. It says, well, let your face know it. Did you know, I, I'm told, that it takes 70 facial muscles to frown, but only 14 to smile. So it's at least five times easier to smile than it is frown. Be joyful, full of joy. Be cheerful, be glad. It flows from the inside. Like I say, whatever's inside will come out. We got to hustle. Peace. Shalom. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That word perfect peace in the Hebrew means shalom, shalom. Internal peace, external peace. I'm at peace with myself. I'm at peace with the world. Was it Romans that Paul said, as much as is possible within you, be, live peaceable among all men. But peace is the reconciliation with God that enables us to be free from tension even when we're in conflict situations. As a principal of plus 30 years, I dealt with con I'm a peace-loving man, but I dealt with conflict every day. People didn't come to see Steve unless there was a problem. 
with a teacher or with their child or with another child or whatever. So I deal with conflict situations. How can you have that outward and inward peace with believers and unbelievers? I can't tell you how many times I had people come in my office and say, I thought you was a Christian because I didn't give them the news they wanted. But anyway, long-suffering. Long-suffering is patience in the face of being provoked and hurt. I've had my feelings hurt. Try to be forbearing and non-retaliatory. Boy, that's tough. That's tough. Individuals attempt to provoke us. Step back. Don't be provoked. Gentleness is kindness and politeness that treats others with utmost respect. Goodness is an inner characteristic development expressed by moral and ethical values and generously doing good to others. Faith is faithfulness. I pray that we will be faithful and fruitful, steadfast, dependable to both God and people. Meekness is gentleness, the dispensation to be gentle, kind, indulgent, even balanced when your temper and your passion is going otherwise and you're being gentle, patient and suffering. Temperate, self-control, controlling our desire in the face of temptation. The first three of those words mentioned is our relationship to God, love, peace, and joy. The next three are relations with others. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. I'm to be long-suffering and patient with others. Don't pray for patience because the Lord will give you troubles. Ask Job. The last three are with yourself. Faith, meekness, and temperance. Self-control. Oh, there's so much more that we need to cover. I want to get to chapter 6. I want to get to another list. And maybe I will just as we finish up. Uh, but basically, here we've got the world, the lust of the flesh, hollering bondage. What's the spirit hollering? Liberty, freedom. Let's go to, let's starve the flesh and feed the spirit. Spirit versus flesh, love versus hate, joy versus unhappiness, peace versus conflict. Long-suffering versus short-fused, quick-triggered, impatient. Gentleness versus hard-heartedness and unkindness. Goodness versus selfishness. Faith versus fears and doubts. Meekness versus revenge. Gotcha. And being vengeful. Temperance and self-control versus recklessness. Chapter 6, the first 10 verses, talks about, Brethren, if a man be overtaken with a fault, and, and that type thing. But he says, Chase the Spirit and not the flesh. So when you get the urge to not do the right thing, 
do the right thing. Say, Lord, help me. Holy Ghost, be in charge. Help me, Lord. Let me see through your eyes, Jesus. Let me hear through your ears, Jesus. Let me speak what you would have me speak. Out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. Next week, Derek will be finishing up our study of Galatians by giving a summary uh, of what we've been learning the last three months. So I trust you'll be in prayer for me and the other Church of God leaders at the San Antonio, San Antonio uh, General Assembly. Uh, some things are just hanging in the balance. So pray for the Church of God and pray for the Church of whom Christ is the head, of whom God is the head, whose we are and who we serve. Thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given us to worship you. I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to be faithful and fruitful. Help us to yield to the Spirit and not to the flesh. Help us to chase the Spirit, Lord, where there's no guilt, where there's no condemnation. And Lord, we believe you and we trust in you. We pray for peace in Jerusalem, Israel, America, and in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of God. Amen and amen. It is about six minutes till eight. Anybody else got any questions or anything? Sorry, I've... Yes, Brother Derek. I will walk it back there. You were talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I just wanted to read this um, passage of Scripture that's really stuck with me. And it's, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I'll just summarize. It's talking about Christians bringing other Christians uh, in, a, in a lawsuit. And, and it hurts to, to be cheated by someone. But Paul says in verse 7... Um, even to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourselves be cheated? Those are strong, you know, real strong words from Paul. And we like to stand up for ourselves and, you know, don't let anybody, you know, take advantage of you. But it goes back to the fruit of the Spirit. Here you go. Well, I was going to say personal Experience of mine is I had someone that was calling me names and saying all false things against me, unwarranted. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, Hey, if you want to be like Christ, what'd he do? When they spoke the truth, Pilate or anybody else, he said, Thou hast said. But when they brought false accusations against him, he said nothing. So point well taken. If they speak falses, falsities against you, the first, my first response is, I didn't do it. No. Uh -huh. But say nothing. Say nothing. All right. All minds clear. The Lord be with you. Shalom, shalom.